Hello and welcome to the edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast. Two games, one win. I know, we're still in shock. Nell Rogers joins us. How are you now? Are you keeping well? Uh, Paul Stokes joins us after a brief well, holiday from the podcast, I suppose you would call it. Boy, you've been on for a while. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Here for my once a season appearance, yeah. Ah, you've been on loads more than once, Paul. Stop putting yourself down. And you're always a welcome appearance as well, so it is. Oh, God, I said it, right? Um, and we have Paul S. I'm not even going to try. How do you pronounce your surname, Paul? Because you can say it so much better than me. Shemilovich. There you go. And Paul is a lovely fellow who has been on a couple of times, but not for a couple of years. Isn't that right, Paul? Yes, I think it's my third time. And I, very well very well timed after last night. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Like, Do you know what? I'm going to say this. I couldn't have been the only person thinking of with 10 men, Two one down. We're getting really good at. I I couldn't have been that only person in the ground thinking that, but my God, I'm going to start with now. What a turnaround after Saturday, eh? Yeah, I mean, Saturday was a game of football. It was a long way to go. It was a good day. The football kind of was largely ignored by the evening. Um, but yeah, last night was just another level. I was speaking to um, Phil Spencer on the way in last night, and he said, oh, I think we're going to turn a corner tonight. Obviously, you're not going to believe a word of that, are you? <laughs> and certainly on 79 minutes, I was kind of like thinking he'd hex the whole thing. <laughs> but he didn't see it coming. I mean, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't know what I know what loses your games, but it's very rarely. And I'm I'm going to bring Paul S in because no, you're Stokesy, so you're all right. Um, the substitutions is what has been worrying me for weeks, but last night they seem to work in a, a way I've not seen for years at QPR. Yeah, sir, certainly, Finney. I I think quite, you know, with all due respect to Gareth Ainsworth, but it feels very different in terms of the thinking behind the substitutions, right? That that made such a difference. I was I was looking at the player ratings earlier today on West London Sport. And actually four of the four highest ratings were to the substitutes, which, you mm-hmm. know, given some of them only had 20 odd minutes, the impact, I suppose, of Cannon, Willock, um uh, and then the last one, right? Yeah, exactly. Um was 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 huge. But what what an emotional roller coaster. I mean, at 79, Niall, I'm with you. I was just depressed. I was just sitting there. I wasn't even angry. <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, you know, the penalty, then Dykes miss, then they score on the counter off the back of the miss. Uh, then, the, then yeah. you know, they get a sending off and you think, right, this is in. Then they score. You think it's all over. <laughs> like, um, that goal off the back of the miss. How was, That was the most predictable thing I've ever seen in my life. That that Dykes mm. miss, and you immediately just thought they're going to score now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you knew that was going to happen. It's funny enough because um, Alan, who sits beside me and sometimes listens to the pod, terrible podcast listener, great friend. Now you know him well, um, lovely fellow from back home as well. We were saying like last night, we we're just saying like Jesus, you know that miss by Dykes, them scoring the goal is the most QPR thing. And then if you had a turn around and said, what was the proceed that at 79 minutes? But you know what I liked? And I'll be honest with you. I liked what Cook was doing last night because when it came on, I don't know if anyone noticed it. It might just be me seeing things. I tend to do that. And he kept talking to him. And then Willock sort of pulled up with his usual kind of, well, I thought it was usual. I've come on. Oh, this is not my cup of tea. Oh, this is going to go wrong. Oh, geez, I don't be associated with this loss. Oh, no. And looked like he wanted to get off. And Cook kept on with him. And then we scored the goal. Cook made a point of speaking to him and talking him up and patting him in the back and talking to everyone. I thought Cook played a real captain's role last night. Dokesy, was the same things, or did you see it that way as well? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when Willock came on, I think he got a clipped around the, on his ankle or the back of his heel, yeah. and, he, and he spent a long time sort of, you know, limping around, went over to the bench and that, and it yeah. did feel like 
yeah, is he is is he going to want to come off? I thought the manager was quite good there to sort of go, well, no, that's it. You're going to have to play on. And obviously that goal did him in such an amazing uh, thing because, you know, the jump he did to celebrate it. So, yeah, I thought it was... Um, yeah, it was a great, a great thing for the whole team, and just in terms of yeah, it was a, a roller coaster, but it, it was just you know, if you're going to win a game like that, at least now you've instilled into them, you know, you keep, don't give up, belief, or you know, all the kind of cliches that you you, you come out with in terms of you know what 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 football matches do for characters. That was the kind of ultimate cliche. This is going to be such a good, good for the squad. Um, I thought it was good for the manager as well. I thought he got his tactics a bit wrong in the first half. I thought the central midfield was really deep for most of the game and perhaps until they had the man set off and Stoke used the space a lot better. I didn't think we had any a, a lot of control in the midfield and in the part considering we're going to be a more passing-based team. And I think when when he saw his opportunity, I thought it was slow with his first substitution, which let them in to, to go 2-1 up. I think and then he went for it. And I think hopefully um, Marty will benefit from from that the, from that game as well to, to go from realising where he needs to tighten things up and how more decisive, if he is more decisive with his substitutions as he was towards the end, how, you know, the results he's going to get. So, I don't, you know, it's, it's one of those classic, uh, you know, you, you normally send people off to go canoeing or orienteering at the start of the season, team building exercises. If that was a football match equivalent of a team building exercise. Sometimes, you know what, um, Stokes, you, you do think to yourself, like, there's all these things said for psychology and football, but you have to take the knee on the head. And you've just given me, as if I was a physio, what I would say to Willock, best cure for that, dodgy ankle is scoring a freaking goal so you feel so much better and I think that's what's been missing like we all know that Willock won't be here next season and a lot of them players might not be here next season I don't care as long as they do their job and keep us up and they play to the best ability and I think that was the difference with with Marty last night he just he just seems a different type of attitude to what Ian's have had which you know without picking on the man we would have lost the game right? that, but that's because it wasn't happening for him, and it's, it would have just been, oh, God, he's having more bad luck. And, you know, the Dykes, Mace, them scoring, um, having an absolute hummer as a ref was such a marvellous change. I think every decision was beautiful. I don't care if they were right or wrong, we needed that. And there's a lot of angry Stoke fans at the end of it, um, and I don't care. You know, but especially Johnson when he came on, as usual, sort of to ruin the game and, and muck things up for us, and he, he went off the flame area. And, and it was nice because we came out of love for food for the first time in God knows how many months without the away fans taking the absolute piss out of us. And, um, you know, I don't know now, but contrast that to Saturday after the international break. I wonder what he did differently, do you think, in that second half to turn things around? Because Saturday didn't work, and as uh, Paul Stokes said as well, it, it wasn't really working to a certain degree last night. I wonder what changed. Yeah, it was it was bizarre at the beginning, I think. Field seemed to have an absolutely terrible game as well. He was giving the ball away a lot. Mm. Um which was and it's kind of weird because Saturday we sort of controlled the midfield. We had like that was the bit that was all right. We couldn't mm. score, we couldn't defend, but in the middle of the in the midfield we were we were really dominant and we had, you know, the most possession, we were kind of, you know, had the most passes, we were dominating the game. And in this one, first half. Well, at half time, I looked at the stats and we had like thirty-two percent possession. It was, uh, it was um, almost the opposite way around. It's but we kind of, and we kind of we didn't really look comfortable. We weren't keeping the ball. We weren't putting passes together. And it wasn't really until I guess Cannon came on and then Willock as well that it kind of seemed to actually be a bit more coherent and we were able to keep the ball a bit better and we had kind of some um decent attacks after that and that that, that was also I'd, I'd agree I mean when one of the things that stood out is in terms of the tactical change and Stokes you talked about it I mean the second half I thought that was you know okay playing against 10 men whilst you could just sit back and say right they'll figure it out and they'll take advantage. He very consciously, and he talked about this, actually, I listened to the interview today, he went four against four. So he told Cannon to push right up and put them under real pressure. And we ended up, so we I was looking at the stats and nine shots on target. I then had a bit too much spare time and things I didn't want to do earlier today. So I looked at how many games did it take Gareth Ainsworth to get nine shots on target? Six games. So in the last six games under Gareth Ainsworth, we had nine shots on target. I don't know how useful that comparison is, but, you know, he, he has been saying over the last two weeks, we need to be more decisive in 
uh, the final third. And we certainly took more shots, right? So we were definitely a bit more direct. Still a bit of hesitation sometimes. There was a first half, someone was running through in the first 10 minutes. I don't even know who it was. I think it was Jimmy Dunn. It was Jimmy Dunn. Yeah. In fairness, okay, probably, you know, but it, it was on. Just have a shot. It was almost exactly the same position from where they scored their second as well. It was literally because I was looking right down at it. Yeah, so it was almost exactly the same position. But that's top. To make a shot, and he just passed it out left. Was... You know what I, I think? I don't know what you think, um, Stokesy, but I think it was just get that monkey off your back, get that home win, and, you know, hopefully we can pick on from that. The fear is this is Queen's Park Rangers, and we all know that Picking on and winning games isn't what we tend to do that other teams do. Have you got the faith, Paul, now that we can get out of this shit? Uh, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's obviously a plan of how they're going to score goals. Reggie Cannon looks really, really good football. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's an argument that almost says that the team that finished last night possibly is your first choice starting 11. Okay. Do you know that 3 5 2 might actually be? you know, a, a better way of playing. Um, but, you know, Reggie Cannon looks really good football. He looks like he's got high standards as well. There was a pass he, he, he fluffed at, uh, and it was suddenly like, he, he was so angry with himself and I'm sort of pleased with that. I also thought with the with, uh, chair coming in a bit more, I thought he was a bit wasted in the first half. He was so on the left and then obviously he had those really great shot, that shot off the bar, off the post uh, in the second half. I thought he looked a bit more. So that having Willock and chair together, I mean, obviously fitness and injuries and is going to be the issue whether, whether you can do that. But, yeah, I think if they can get that, if they can play with that, that, that sort of, you know, the, the way that the way they played that last 15 minutes, okay, against 10 men. But if you play that against 11, got players making runs, drawing defenders, they, they, all that was going on. There seemed to be like finally a kind of way that we could score goals. Dyke scored an absolute cracking finish compared to, you know, what he's been missing and obviously the one on one that he, he thinks. So, that, you know, there's enough there to give me a little bit of faith to think that maybe we might just claw our way and float just above the relegation zone. And that, that'll probably it for this season but you know it'd be interesting tonight because it's Huddersfield play tonight and so if we want them to lose and then that keeps the gap to three and then suddenly that, that chink of light gets slightly bigger doesn't it They've got I think sorry Finney in the spirit of raising raising the bar of positivity which I've, I've done in the past I'm definitely an optimist Stokesy I was working out how far off six we were this morning <laughs> anyway sorry that, that, that's possibly Ambitious. So you're still not planning your holidays for May? Still not. Okay, I like that. Keeping it like open. That. <laughs> oh, he needs deep, deep therapy, but we'll go with it. Um, I'll tell you another thing I noticed last night, which is which is interesting. I mean, you know, when we went two one down, they were more angry, and it was it was weird. It was bizarre. Like you know, like our heads dropped a lot last season to this season as well. But last night was almost like, I can't believe we've freaking done this again. And then we turned it into pressure, which they still couldn't cope with. And I enjoyed watching the team lose a rag. And I think that was brilliant because I don't know what we were doing to them. I don't know if we were putting like bubble gum in their shoes or super glue in their hairdryers or whatever. But we got some last night because it's normally us that bites because they're so disoriented at times with what they're doing. It just seemed to me the way they planned last night. They stuck to it. And, um, it freaking worked. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm, I haven't been hugged like that probably since the Wigan game. You know what I mean? It it, it was bizarre. Just Because when you look at the stats, and now I know you're a stats man, it's it's not good, is it? It's pretty frightening, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't even need to look at the stats to realise how frightening it was. That first, the first goal, I think everyone in the loft end was kind of looking for like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone really knew, like, kind of, you know, we'd, we'd forgotten how to how to celebrate a goal. And even if it's worth celebrating a goal, why like, is this going to be worthwhile? So, I mean, it's kind of weird. And as as kind of the night went on, and everyone kind of got back into like, oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> I'd imagine, you know, we've gone. You know, how many goals have we scored this season? Eleven before last night. So, I mean, you know, we scored nearly. Well, over a third of our goal last night. Do you reckon people in the loft needed a wee bit of help after the game to realise that they'd seen three goals? Yeah, there was that as well. We were talking about that as well, yeah. When was the last time we scored three goals in the loft? Does anyone know off the top of their head? 
can't even remember the last time we scored three at home, but Oh don't be daft. Now you're throwing it right up and yes, I think I was four. Um <laughs> and it was fitting as well, wasn't it, Paul? Because you know you do you do tribute to Terry Venables, um, which I have to say I, I I don't know if the referee did blow his whistle or not to start up, but I know it ended a bit weird, but um that was an amazing um thing for the fans. I think the fans carried that brilliantly. And you know, I think people sometimes forget what Terry Venables did for QPR. You know what I mean, Stokes? They don't get it. They don't. They, they say him as the, the Barca manager, the England manager, the Spurs manager. But what he did at QPR was revolutionary, Paul, wasn't it? Stokes, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think, you know, even now it seems strange that Barcelona poached a manager from Queen's Park Rangers. And I think that that just shows you the level of what he was doing and, and what he was doing that was different and the way he was playing. I mean, I mean, I know at the time when my dad said to me, he was quite quite miffed that obviously uh, El Tel had left. But it's fun if you do go to the Barcelona Museum, there is that little bit of the, the Terry Venables bit in the corner. It's a drawing from Queen's Park Rangers. So thanks thanks to Terry, there will always be a bit of Barcelona that's QPR. No, he, he was absolutely revolutionary. And you, and you think of those those players from that era, they still, you know, there's still names that whether you saw them or you you just you're interested in QPR, you 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 the ring long, you know, Terry Fennock, people like that, you just remember them yeah. as like key QPR players. So you're absolutely a massive part of the club. And as a player as well, I mean really important player for that team. Yeah. You know clever. Yeah. Really clever. For everyone listening, by the way, we are doing uh, a podcast after this one this week with a special with um Simon Sinrod and Gary Micklewhite uh, talking about Terry. We'll be doing that at some point as well. But I just feel I, I, I kind of feel guilty because I watched a lot of it back home. I was nobody here. So first, I can only thank Terry Venables for getting QPR on TV in the cup final. This <laughs> is the first time I've seen them live. Um, because, you know, big match and match a day and everything else, you know, we it was regionalised back home. So we did we weren't even guaranteed to get the London version. Um, but I don't know. It's just what annoys me. Everyone talks about the plastic pitch. Everyone talks about this, that, the other. What they don't talk about is how this fella totally revolutionised how a team can play, how they adapt, everything. And yeah, so yeah. I mean without Terry Venables, where would it have been? God only knows. But it's I hope his family took comfort in how the fans reacted last night because I thought it was a beautiful reaction. Now did you think that was a decent it was wasn't it? It was just really nice. Yeah, no, it was literally just as soon as it was announced, the whole yeah, everyone started clapping. It was clearly incredibly emotional for a lot of people. Um slightly when he was at the club was kind of just slightly before my time. I was far too young to remember, unfortunately. But um, I'm not in the country. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know what he's done for the club. Um, yeah, I mean, just being poached to Barcelona from QPR is just, you know, that's the first thing you learn about QPR, isn't it? <laughs> Barcelona took our manager. It was I, I. I was reading something I hadn't realised. He won. He won the title in his first year at Barca, which apparently wasn't expected. And apparently, you know, before Pep and Klopp came along with a high press, he got Barcelona pressing really high. And apparently, that was you know I didn't realise it predates me as well. But that was quite revolutionary, right? It gets attributed to the Klops and the Peps, but. He he was doing it long before, from the sounds of it. Also, we 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 played we could play three different styles in one game, which is unheard of for an English team or British team of any description. Because normally it's like get ball, chase, run. And he was like, no, nah. people goes, oh, they're just offside merchants. No, well, we were more than that. We were way more than that. People just didn't like the fact that they got out thought at every possible opportunity. So yeah, I will always be. I think we all are. I mean, it goes without saying. I just yeah, it's one of the things that. In our history, when people say about QPR, they all talk about the money we spent and we had a higher wage bill in Dortmund. They never talk about the nice things that we've done, like winning the League Cup, Terry Venables take us to Wembley, winning the second division uh, championship with pure style, London's top team in the next season, finishing fifth. I'll take that. That's 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 good. We're, we're much better than it. We've got much more history than it always amazes me. It's never amazes you when people say, Oh, it always goes with it, you're the one. Oh, well, someone's got to support them. And then you talk about their clubs and everything else, and you think, God, you know, we've done all that. Right, we haven't won as many trophies, but who cares? It's not about that. In fact, we've never had to support the money or the the corruption that they've had. So anyway, sorry, that's my rant for today. What did we think of the referee last night? Do we think he was absolutely outstanding, and we should get more referees to the other way, or what? I've booked a holiday to the Isle of Wight already. 
as a thank you. <laughs> it was um it's so refreshing. I mean the thing is is you know he might he might have favored us on a, you know the penalty it was impossible to see from where I was. Um I think well, we spent the first minute going, is it he's given up what? No, no, surely not. But um I uh, I think just to have a referee who was confident enough to stand up to the shit that some of the players were doing to actually see it and call it. I think, you know, he, he gave some really, like, uh, really, um, I think he was just, he was very proficient. And I think we've missed that somewhat. I think even like the Colback yellow card, where it looked like Colback had just fallen over and tripped up the other player. And I think you know, the person next to me said, oh, he just fell over. But actually it was a really clever foul. He, there was a break, there was no one behind him. It was on, and it was a really good yellow card. You know, it was a really good spot from the ref to actually give a yellow for that because it was right on the edge of their box. So, I mean, I do think that he was just very competent. And I think that we don't get that very often. Well, and... the second and off to me was justified. I know some people put it on Twitter. Is that a sending off? Is that a yellow card? Well, yeah, just because you get a yellow card earlier doesn't mean he'd be any less of a yellow card. That yeah, was... Yeah, a... yeah. That, yeah, that was that was just below where I was sitting. I that was he, you know, what he did have is had the guts to make the right decision. And it, mm. you know, it sucks if it goes against you, but it was the right decision. It was a yellow card. Little Paul Smith was terrorizing that guy, got past him, he was brilliant, right? And he pulled him back. Yellow card near the box, right? Yeah, but it's almost like football these days. Both, both like, days shirt pulls. Yeah, well, I was gonna say both days shirt pulls blatant. They were so blatant the shirt yeah. pulls. If you watch about on the replay. First one. There's no substitute to it. Now, I think there is an argument that says if you're going to give the penalty for the first half of our one, you probably should have given a penalty for Sam Field in the second half. He does pull their the Stoke player back. However, there's at least some level of subtlety and guile to the ball back. Yeah, you can see his undershirt by the end of it, but he's not literally just sticking an arm out and yanking him back like he's, you know, like his child running away from him in the park or something. So I just thought. Yes, he probably got the. We, Stoke probably, should, I agree, they didn't get a penalty. But in terms of if you're going to put, do blatant shirt pulls when you're already on a yellow card, what are you expecting? Also, they lost discipline big style, didn't they? I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't lose your discipline like that. Thank God we've never had teams like that. Oh. That's what Finney. That's what yeah, I that's... quite liked on that point around discipline. You're right. You know, when we went two one down. It was. It felt like a slightly different reaction, right? It was more pissed off and angry as opposed to here we go again. Um, and some of that, I do wonder how much of that I'd like to think, because I know it's four games in, but I'm all in on Marty, just having listened to some podcasts of him talking about tactics. I mean, the man is very impressive, in my opinion. Whether he succeeds, there's so many things outside of his control, right? But he definitely has some edge, and I just don't think he stands for bullshit and takes a bit of emotion out. You know, with Gareth, again, not being, I love Gareth Ainsworth, but he's so emotional with someone connected to the club. So the losses hurt, the wins are overly celebrated, whereas it felt like even when stuff went against us yesterday, the vibe from the sideline was there's a plan, he'll think about how to react, and he did that. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, he's only been around, what, three, four weeks, can he have that much of an impact? I don't know. I don't know, leaders can, right? And he definitely, I love his interviews. Right, it talks a lot of sense. There's not bullshit. It's and it's tactical. It's actually someone who understands football. I think it's there's so many things outside the box. I mean, you get fed up with these managers that come out with the tracksuits on and say the same garbage week in, week out, you know, and everything else. At least he's different. And I think now, I don't know what you think. We needed someone to come in from the outside. We needed a fresh pair of eyes. We needed a fresh. We needed. We needed something quick and. Hopefully he can. I mean, don't get me wrong. Now we're not only just by a million miles, but we can breathe a little bit easier, can't we? There is something there to hope for. A bit easier. I mean, it looks better. It's more enjoyable to go to a game. It's yeah. more enjoyable to be there and to kind of be part of what's going on. I think. I mean, it was said when we appointed Gareth that you know, do we want to do this? You know, we eat our own. And there is an element of that as it just becomes overly emotional when it's someone so tied to the club. And that spreads to the players. You can see on the pitch when a goal goes in, you know, they were just devastated. And it was like, it kind of it kind of led to almost giving up if we conceded first. And that's kind of something that's really turned around. I was saying last night, you know, 
we took the emotion out of it entirely. We had two yellow cards. Um, and one that callback one, I think, I guess, Begovic for time-wasting, I guess. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was so much more proficient. Decent and beautiful, yeah. I would say now. Decent and beautiful. That's what I would call it. Just to get a freaking win, no matter how it comes, but the score four goals. Jesus, I, I, in your wildest dreams, you, you, you're never, ever going to think that was going to happen. And the, and the two different finishes between takes miss and goal is night and day, isn't it? It's just, I've never seen well, I have seen well, I watched Dean Cooney play. For younger viewers, he was really bad. Um, and, um, you know, so we're, we're used to these things. But I'll tell you what, though, and this, this, is, this, is, this is a fun fact here, I think, that we're not for once looking at how little possession you can have in a game, how little shots and goals you can have in a game, how it, and, and, and every time... The, I mean, the second tier podcast are probably having a meltdown because they can't go on their little Twitter feed and destroy us with possession, lack of shots and losing the game. And our QPR are going to go down. Oh, we think they are. They're going to absolutely have to rip, rip that book up and start and, and pick on someone else now and leave us to fick alone, hopefully. But, Paul, tell me this and tell me no more, as my mother would always say. Do you think it's not only is it hope, but do you think we as fans now can just get some peace of mind going and the football will get better? It already is better. But how good can it get under this man, do you think? Um, oh, sorry. I meant to talk to you and I'll come back to you, Paul. Good, yeah. sorry. sorry, sorry, guys. That was me bad. Sorry. I mean, getting the win is huge because I mean, I, I really hope that he'd get that win at Rotherham, and then obviously that you know they got the draw, and he just just get that off your back, then you you get a bit more freedom. I mean, it could be really good. I mean, you've you've got players who can who who, who suit the, the way he wants to play football and the philosophy he wants to have, and he also is the kind of coach that a lot of them will be able to um, culturally. There'll be a lot of things because of the academy systems that they've come through. They'll be able to take on board and, and work quickly. So I think, you know, there is, there is definitely the potential for things to get good, get, you know, get, get, take what the moment the pressure comes off the team, the moment we can get to, a, hopefully get to a position where, you know, we're not in the, the bottom three and the pressure comes off. Then I think, yeah, you potentially, you're going to have a really good looking footballing side. Obviously this is QPR. I'm not, what not counting on that until, you know, that happens. I mean, when Neil Critchley came in last season, he won the first game. We thought, okay, that's all right then. You know, it's going to be okay. And yeah, that was it. Wasn't it basically for him in terms of wins? So um, let's not get carried away. I mean, obviously, if we can go, if we can get, we've got a game on Friday night now, having had a sort of, you know, we haven't got the, the time to recover. It's a very, very thin squad, as uh, Warburton used to say. It's very, you know, there's not a lot of competition for places, I don't think. And there's not a lot of, people coming in or knocking on the door going, well, if, you know, they, they're not performing, this person coming. I think that might, you know, I think we we want to temper our our, um, our optimism a little bit until we, we can get to take the pressure off. But, yeah, I, I think after last night, we were definitely, as you said, at, at one all with 10 men, I, I, I said to my father, if we don't win this, we're definitely down. And at 2-1, I thought we're definitely down. So, um, so, so, you know, the fact that we're not definitely down anymore after after last night is, is definitely cause to be cautiously optimistic, I think. That was happened to Paul there. <laughs> but he's trying to get, get off mute. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got um Preston on Friday, isn't it? I mean, they're off the back of two losses. Um it's uh you know, what do we think our chances are there? Well, I yeah, go on, Stokes, are you go. No, it's a tricky one. I mean, because it's Friday night and it's telly, and it's that classic thing of like it could all be, you know. The cla- you know, the classic false dawn. You go, you think, yeah, we've won, we've scored more goals than we've seen all season, and then we go and then you go to the pub with your mate and watch it, and it's like, oh, okay, we've, we've done it. Thing. But equally, it could be one of you know, glory like Reading away. You know, you know, we down to ten men, and you, and you win it on the telly. I don't know. I always, I always get really sort of superstitious around games on the television and QPR, and it's you know, we haven't had a lot this season, thank goodness, because you know, considering the situation we're in, so to now have a telly game immediately after this moment where it's like, oh wow, we're going to go. My, my my terrible football superstition has all kicked in, so I, I'm, I don't really know what I what I think about uh, our chances. Are. My rational brain says one thing, my superstition brain says another. 
Usability, my dog was going absolutely insane. I had to keep it on quiet. Otherwise, you'd think I was getting mauled. Um, well, 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 well taken over now. I like that. Well done. Well played. But yes, Paul, um, the other S, the same thing. What do you, what do you reckon? Is well, Sky going to hit with the, 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 the curse again? Uh, ever the optimist, I'm going to ignore any kind of Sky curse. But I, I, I do. There's a logical aspect of a number of things that we've we've all said that, given the way Marty is much more tactically designing the team, there's actual patterns of play. Uh, there's so much more forward around who plays where, when, in different situations. I, I, I do have a bit more of a belief that actually, within reason, it gets stronger game by game because it becomes his team, which again feels different to you know what was the game under Gareth Ainsworth. We got a really good win at home. We really needed it, and everyone was on the floor. Watford. Yeah, Watford. Yeah, everyone Watford. was on the floor. It was a big victory. We'd just gone into battle, but basically, we then we were shit for the next, I don't know, seven games because basically everyone was spent from that one. It was just too much. It was mm-hmm. it was not sustainable. And I I hope again, it's four games in. I hope that this is much more actually building true foundations of a team that plays better football. And actually, they, you know, when I listen, I'll, I'll go on a mini rant, Finney, if you don't mind. But when I, li- what I liked about when I listened to, there's a couple of kind of podcasts where Marty talks about his tactical kind of approaches when he was in Sweden, etc. And he talks a lot about preparing individuals and players um, so that they have different options to be able to react on the pitch. You know, it, it sounds really obvious, right? But he, he's clearly talking about, you know, how do you set up so they can respond? And it's not just, I felt, again, I keep going back to it last time, I promise, under Gareth Ainsworth, is work really hard, the lads gave it everything. Lads giving everything means nothing. I mean, it, you actually, you need plans, you need options in different parts of the game, right? Depending on what happens. So, sorry, back to the point. You know, I have a hope that game by game, Marty gets to do more of what he wants to do. I saw him yesterday. I don't know if anyone, I'm sure you guys noticed. Marty had a real go at uh, Osman Kakai, who was the wrong body shape. He got done on the left. I think it was, must have been first half. And he he was just the wrong way around. So he had to turn all the way around, which made him slower to catch the guy who who was attacking him on the left. And again, on one of these podcasts, Marty was talking about, he'll sometimes do two or three day sessions on midfielders positioning and everyone else will have to work around that and all the sessions will be just about your body shape depending where the ball is on the pitch and what's happening and you learning at every point which way your body should be you know i I don't know maybe all coaches do that but that impressed me in terms of the level of detail right i mean it's a it's a small example right a good spot i think now same thing to you what was that sorry i forgot the question there Oh yeah, dear. No, because I went on too long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's about the sky curse, and do we have optimism in a roundabout? Well, I mean, there's definitely optimism, and yeah, sky curse aside, I mean, I think you know, I I'd like to think we just played crap on Sky just to teach them a lesson, and and now we've done that, we can actually crack on and and actually. Um, perform well with the tv cameras there i mean yeah i mean it's it's always been that way hasn't it for years and years we've always seemed to get stage fright when the cameras are there um right turns up and it's always you know nine times out of ten it seems to have been kind of either a ridiculous loss or a very very dull nil nil or um but i think i don't know it's they're just there did seem to be a lot more confidence by the end of yesterday, by the by the by the end of last night, and it's hard to think that that confidence doesn't carry on. It's hard to think that that wasn't a big step forward. That even if we take a little shuffle back, we've still moved quite a long way forward. So yeah, optimism. I think that there is some. Um, you know, Preston there for the taking. Three losses in five. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, pal. Don't do that face of like, 
Oh, your man hasn't scored for three years, and your man, the last time he scored a hat-trick, Napoleon was actually in Russia. No, don't do that first. We're not having it. It's going to be more. Hello, my rant is quite simple. Without swearing, which I'm going to do, fucking Sky moving up to Friday night is an absolute disgrace. And again, it's just football for all, all they say, my arse. Um, they don't give a shit about their fans. They never do, they never will. And they just annoy me now. And it's just getting stupid. And I feel sorry for anyone that can get up there. Well done to you. It's completely screwed me and I can't get there. But hey-ho. Um, yeah, annoyance. Now, as we know... Oh, by the way, before I go into this one, we mentioned Fitcher and Smithy last night. Who they, they, They're getting there. They're coming back to the best. And I like that. I like the fact that Smith caused mayhem and caused a, a, a red card. But also... He seems to be getting better as well and getting more into it. And I, I like that. Not just because he's Northern Irish, because anyone in a QPR shirt, I want to see doing well. And showing him worked well last night, I thought. Just my own personal opinion. FA Cup weekend, guys. Third round, brawls being made. Who's going to knock us out? Any ideas? Oh, Finney. Very quickly, I promise. Um, my boys are super excited about They're desperate to get Wrexham. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. They want to. They want to make it onto this is Wrexham or whatever that the the, the show is. Oh. Is that show still going? Is it over or what? Yeah, no, it's still going. It's on season two. They've just been promoted. I think they're doing a season three. Is what any- I'd like would be Ramsgate away. Ramsgate away in the cup would be amazing. Because they're still in it. Will we get tickets? Well, who knows? But I mean, imagine going to if you could get a ticket. Ramsgate away. But the interesting thing with that, obviously, is that Super January, isn't it? Whatever we, whoever we draw in the cup. I mean, imagine if we get a home draw. That would be like literally the entire of January at Loftus Road. Because yeah. every, every Saturday as it stands until Sky Tinker with it is, is a home game due to the Watford switch. And if we then draw a home game in the cup, I mean, it will be Loftus Road. I mean, that what, for me, the dream would be if we could get to Super January without needing to win every game, because then we could really enjoy it. But I can imagine our season coming down to January and winning all those games at home every week. I'll tell you what, it's it's it's, and there's some games to have at home as well, aren't there? Let's be honest. And and Millwall away and Boxing Day as well is not going to be easy. So yeah, but yes, back to the FA Cup now. Who's going to knock us out? As we, I don't want to say we're going to win because I just don't want to put the scuds on it. I'm I'm quietly confident he says holding his fingers together. I don't know. I mean, whoever whoever we're playing will find there anyway. My son's delaying his flight back to university until the seventh, so we're definitely as long as TV don't piss around with the fixtures and it's on the sixth, then we're there, wherever it may be. Hoping for somewhere not too far away, but um, I mean, I've not even really looked who was in it since my local team Maidenhead got knocked out. I um, <laughs> lost interest in the second, in the second, but. First and second round, but <laughs> one of the worst FA Cup matches I remember was the first round one at Swansea away, and we got absolutely tanked and they were bottom of the league and they were absolutely rubbish, and we still lost. That hurt just as much as folks on motors actually. To be fair, but I did love the Vetchfield as a ground side. Yeah, it was very cool, and it got and it was snowing, and it was what football was about. It's a bit like Saturday, you you know, with real replacements and this, that, and the other, and you get there and you, you watch us lose, and you're going to go. Oh, it's not about that. It's about meeting your friends. It'd be nice if it helped if Rangers won the game as well. But yes, I'm hoping for either a, a London derby. You know, everyone says West London derby. We all know that Brentford and Fulham and, and the, them lot, but they're not in West London. You know, they've got the right put school for a start. So, and I was talking to a Wolves fan the, on the, last night in that the pub pool we were talking about earlier on. And he was saying, oh, you know, I miss QPR because I went to Fulham the other night. Their fans are rubbish. He goes, they're just the worst football fans in the world. Preach to me, why don't you? Yes. So, yes, I'd like one of them at home. And um, because if you're going to go out, you might as well go out giving someone else abuse. That's how I am looking at it. So, yes. Um, and I know it's going to be the club are going to say everything's about survival, but let's let's hope we take it seriously when it does come round and we can do it. Which leads me on nicely to our RSM because we've done predictions. We don't know we haven't done predictions for Preston, so we should do, apart from Sky mucking it up. Stokesy, what's your prediction for Preston? Uh, what all? Keep, no, keep, keep the run going, unbeaten. Two games. Okay. Waddle, I do. a bit more optimistic in that, Paul. Well, you can. I mean, you don't have to be. 
would have been nice. Well, that's my that's what I, I think. I, you know, it's okay. a classic. We, you know, we don't want to get beat. They probably want to sort of steady the ship a little bit. Feels like a squadron. <laughs> Just remember why I don't get him on very often. Um, Paul. Um, two 0 QPR. Dykes and chair. Dykes. This is this is the run of Dykes scoring. Okay, so we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous, right? Excellence. Bit of a no. All right, okay. This could be the season he gets twenty. I like that, Paul. Yes. No. That's alarmingly close to what I was going to say. I, I think oh, two nil as well, but I think Chair and Willock to score. I think Willock, that goal, transformed him. He he looked ten feet tall by the end of the game. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. And do you know what I think? I think. I must be self-oppression. I hear people do that. I think it's going to be 2 0 Rangers because why the hell not? But I, I, I feel that the closest one to the actual result is going to be Stokes, if I'm being honest. Even though I teased him, I think he's probably right. It'll probably be yeah, and a one all draw. But you know what? We'll take that, won't we? Because it's a point and it's away from home. So we'll take that. Right. Who wants to go first on their R's end? Oh, anyone? Yeah, I'll go oh. first. Oh. Um I think, because we haven't mentioned him yet, I think we need a bit of a shout-out for Lakesh. I know he didn't come on until the 88th minute, but that third goal was all about the fight, the drive. At one point, he was on the floor, off the pitch, at one point during that. he it was It was just amazing to see that much tenacity and that much drive and that much, I mean, even skill. <laughs> just beating players and actually you know I thought I thought he had you know although he did barely played 10 minutes I thought he had a great game and I thought he was I think he looks a really good player and that was yeah that was one of the big changes that did make an actual difference as well so well don't mention it because we should have mentioned that earlier along with <laughs> Kelman, Kelman came on and actually looked like a footballer and did very well but yes that that, that was right below me actually and um any other referee would have given free kick, guaranteed, even though it wasn't. So the fact that with the right decision and the right outcome, happy frigging days. Anything else now? No, that's it for me. Thank you. Really? Okay. Paul, yours. That's not Stokesy, that's Paul, by the way. This is very confusing. Carry on. <laughs> Too many Pauls. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I I feel excitingly suspicious and intrigued about the stuff that's going on with the pitch, the QPR pitch um, to US investors and the fact we're working with this company, you know, that's been in a couple of, uh, couple of newspapers. The, the reason I'm intrigued is twofold. The first one is I don't think you do something like that unless you've got warm leads. That might be stating the obvious. Secondly, I'm not sure how realistic it is for Lee Hughes to be chairman, CEO, director of sport. I don't know what other job he's got, um, but that's not sustainable. And I wonder whether that's, you know, it might be stating the obvious. It's a holding interim position with the fact that maybe there's, you know, larger change um, in the pipeline. Don't know, but. Good point, though. It's one to keep their eye on for sure. Uh, same as Riley, you've got to, it, um, he's quiet for a reason, is my theory. Um, he's too big a fish to be this quiet. Yeah, so that, that, that could be interesting. Well, let's hope they've got big pockets, mate. And they, um, yeah, we'll see what happens because uh, they're losing a shed load of money. Is that anything else, Paul? Do you want to say to your children or anything? You're the ones that you, 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 you get birth. You get the idea. Uh, the only I, I've probably been overly optimistic, so I'll, I'll finish with a quick one, which is less so. I went um, for my sins, got taken to Leighton Orient against Lincoln about two weeks ago because I know mm. the Lincoln manager uh, from 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 old days, Michael Scabala. Anyway, at half time, I went to get some food. Jesus Christ, it was five times better than what you get in the loft. I was really? so annoyed. League One, they had gourmet burgers that were being grilled. They had about six different pies. They had nachos, what? which you could get with cheese, um, with um, like meat on top. I was like, no. yesterday, people were moaning around me in the loft. I don't know if anyone else heard this. Apparently, they run out of tea bags. How hard is it to have enough tea bags? You know, if that had happened when mother was alive, 
give it a demand that the QPR was shut down. No one should ever run out of tea bags. That is a criminal offence. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know if you've noticed before, but the kid of the QPR has been shed for years. I remember years ago, they used to have a, a baquette thing in the lower loft, which was quite nice. They did like bacon and that. That was quite nice. And that lasted for about six weeks. But on the whole, the, the, I, got, I, I went into the loft for the, the League Cup game just to experience a safe standing because I haven't been there. And that was great. But the food was absolute garbage. You know, it's only time I'm placed in a celiac, there you go, bingo people, is going to QPR because there's nothing I can eat and there's nothing I freaking want to eat for sure. Um, whereas my friend Alan does a, a pie check at every ground. This is this has gone into real nerd territory about food. Sorry, Paul, but it's true. He checks every pie and he I swear to God he's got a spreadsheet where he marks them. He is that much of a nerd. And um I think his current favourite, I could be wrong, he was disappointed with Wigan, but we had a pie the other week which he thought Yeah, Fleetwood. Fleetwood is still winning. So if Fleetwood could get this in food, why can't QPR? Was there anything else, Paul? Was it was it was the water temperature okay in the box or anything? <laughs> no, all good. Thank you, Finney. All good. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Stokes, have you got anything you'd like to say that you haven't All said? I would like, I'm sure it's not the case, but I would just love to see it in black and white that we definitely cannot wear that mass up shirt in an actual football match. That would I just love that confirmation that that mashup shirt is just ineligible to be worn by anyone involved in the first team. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I haven't seen it in real life. Perhaps in, in real life it might look better, but I just want to make sure we never wear it in a football match. It's sold out, Stokes. So you know that I did. I saw that this morning. I, I thought, what a day of miracles! Lyndon Dyke scores two goals in a match. We win. We win a match, and that shirt sold out. I mean. It's either going to be like next week, people are going to be wearing it and I'll have to eat and go, actually looks all right. Or it's going to be on all the cult, um, you know, kit sites for years to come and, you know, just incredibly dropping in value. But who knows? Okay, here's a question for you. You first see one in the wild, it's going to be like... <laughs> is, it, is it worse than the half and half QPR shirt that was going doing the rounds when we let them share grounds with us? Because that was disgusting. So what would what would you, which least of them which do you hit the most? I've got to admit, I think the matched up shirt is awful, but that's my personal opinion. Not that it matters, and I've got no fashion sense. Look at the way I dress for Christ's sake, I'm shite. I applaud the effort. I just find it weird they didn't just keep to the hoops. Like each hoop could have been from a different shirt. It just seems weird to go diagonal on a shirt that actually is straight lines of key to its design. But you know, and also having having numbers on the front. There's a number on the front. Okay, so like, you know, if that's meant to be the back, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a logic to it somewhere. If someone who doesn't like it, you pay a lot of attention to it. Because it, you, I can't unsee it. That's why. <laughs> well, you, it's so it's so bright and bad. I, 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 when I close my eyes at the moment, it's there. Yeah, it's, it's actually worse than that Arsenal monstrosity, isn't it? It's it's worse than the migraine show. It, it, I think they did it hoping it would be kind of a, a thing in 20 years' time. Go, oh, I wish I'd have brought that. I can assure you it won't happen to me. It's... <laughs> I mean, I love Francis, and I'm sh- I don't know if I had anything to do with Francis. It may or may not, but it is absolutely minging. Let us be. And the fact that it's sold out proves, I reckon, you can put QPR on anything and it would sell. You could probably sell a QPR condom. I don't know. You'd have to think of a really good logo, though, wouldn't you? As long as it's got Guinness on it, you're away. Do you see anything else? No, I just hope. Uh... You know, we we it all goes well for Martin. You know, he's there at the end of the season and has a a lovely preseason where you know a lot a lot of the stuff we would you were talking about in terms of you know working with players and all that. I think it'd be a real, it'd be really great if he could still be the manager and actually have a preseason with us. And we you know I think that that you know that's when you were saying will he get better? I think if we can get through this season and then next season have him whoever owns the club or whatever and just uh, then it really could be something. I mean, have him here for two Christmases. Yeah. That'll be that'll be that'll be the achievement, won't it? Well, you know what my eyes end is I've got two. Are you finished, Paul, by the way? Sorry. Thank thank you for this opportunity. Uh I like it. That's the professional in you coming out. You did sound a tad sarcastic. Um, right. My first one is a somber one, which is Ian McBurty, introduced to me by Ian McCulloch. Um, wonderful fella. The last Away match I seen here that was Norwich last year. He passed away after that game. So my thoughts to Liam, his son, and his family, and also Ian because it was his best mate. And um 
Yeah, I think Ian's still coming to terms with it and quite rightly so. You don't get over things like that. So I was thinking about him on Saturday a lot and um, I was hoping Rangers would do it for him, but it, they did it for him last night and that's all that matters. And my second Oz end is more of a overall thing. It shows you how far our standards have fallen when three of my friends have asked me why Reggie Cannon has signed for us. They're absolutely bemused. They're kind of like... <laughs> He can play football. He can do things. Why Why is he here? And I guess that says everything about our recruitment policy in the last few years. I don't know why he's here. I don't care why he's here. I'm just glad he's here. And um, that's all I can say to that one. What do you guys think, quickly? With that, Vinny, that might be all part of my theory about the US. There could be something of play and he's part of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't really fancy being based in the States, though. Do you know what I mean? It's a long way to go. It's a long way from Barnet. You know? Pre-season. Pre-season in Vegas. (laughs) I mean, I suppose we could have a pre-season in New York and all the the, the guys could, you know, in the football factory could turn up for a game without having to watch it on the telly. That'd be a first. Well, you wonder in principle, would they still watch it on the telly because they don't want to break the... That's not a really good luck charm, is it? I was going to say a good luck charm, but we'd less visit. Somebody asked me that once, and have you got any lucky pants? Have you got any... It's like, no, everything I've worn, QPR, I've lost in. <laughs> I'm all out of lucky charms. Right. It's funny you say that. I actually thought to myself, I didn't, I didn't, didn't do it, but I thought if we didn't win last night and we didn't win against Preston, I was going to wear... Uh, a sh- I've never worn colours to a game. And I thought, I've got to do something different. So I was, if we'd lost last night, I probably would have had to wear a shirt to the next home game, but I won't now. So. <laughs> I can... Will you promise me something, Paul? What? If we survive this season and have a decent cup run, would you wear the mashup shirt? If we win the FA Cup, I'll wear the uh, mashup shirt. <laughs> now you're being ridiculous. Can we just win a match in yeah, the if you, Yeah, if we if we do it, yeah, if we have a good cup run and you can get you can get me one of these sold out items, I'll wear one. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. I'm gonna have to avoid relegation. Excellent, Paul. I look forward to that picture all over the, the internet and I'll, I'll even troll your music sites and ruin your reputation that way as well for being a terrible dresser. Right. I've enjoyed this podcast. It's been nice, isn't it? It's nice to have a win. It's nice that we can smile again. And that's all that matters because football is supposed to be fun. And we forget that sometimes. And last night, more than fun. So, Paul, thank you very much. Both Pauls, thank you very much. And now, thank you. And um, you did create Get crashed the pool special, but never mind. We don't mind. Yeah, no, sorry about that. I'll change You're my right. name this time. <laughs> Preston, and we'll be back next week, hopefully with three more points, and we'll know who we're playing in the FA Cup. Exciting times. Thank you for listening. This has been Open All Ours. Again, thank you for all your support. <laughs>